Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. everybody welcome to the look ahead part of the sp nation nfl show i am rob stats guerrera he is rj ochoa what's up rj how goes it stats great to see your bright shining beautiful perfectly symmetrical face uh i wanted to start off and ask you what is your favorite snack to have around your house i'm not really a snack guy believe it or not i don't really snack that much that's you know that's why i have this 140 pound physique yeah the the mike mcdaniel figure is going on what you got right (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, no, I'm not a snacker. Why? What do you go with? I um, I mean, we haven't had it around my house lately or like until now because I was like, we need some of this. Teddy Grahams. It's a solid snack. Ooh. I'd like me some Teddy Grahams. I do go graham crackers sometimes, so I can get behind that. Teddy Grahams is a solid choice by you. Uh, before we get rolling, I want to remind everybody that we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Today, if you use code SBNNFL, you'll get a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. RJ, we got a fun show today because we have seen a crazy amount of player movement in the NFL, even over the past month. So we have come up with our list of people and teams that have been most affected by that movement. You know, anybody can just do a show of like, oh, the coolest move. We're not doing that. We're going next level here today. Yeah, um, not trying to brag, but this is my idea. Um, yeah, like we're not here to rank things. In fact, I'll say right now that I think it's stupid that anybody would spend like an hour talking to one another for the purposes of ranking something. Um, I know that there's a show around here that does that, that I live at the epicenter of. I have not, you know, I listen to every episode of the Oddcast stats, and I think we're going on like 93 in a row where my name is mentioned at one point or another. So I'd like to rename the Oddcast to the RJCast, just so we're all clear here. All I heard was I listen every week, and that's all we're interested in. Uh, Before we get started, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to leave it, uh, to read it, excuse me, on the show. RJ, really quick before we get into our list of the people most affected by the player movement, because this just came across before we started recording. The Cowboys are (laughs) hiring Brian Schottenheimer. They're bringing him in. He uh, he's going to help both coordinators, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. Much of his job, according to Albert Breer, will be to center on league trends and game planning. I just have one question for you. And if you could quickly answer it for me, I would really appreciate it. I have a question, too, but um, it's a rhetorical one. But go ahead. What does Mike McCarthy do? Oh, that was going to be my question. It was going to be, isn't that Mike McCarthy's job? Um, look, dude, I mean, what? I- at, at the risk of upsetting I'm look I'm a man of the people and I there the, the people have, have there's a lot of people who are upset that 
I am upset about the Cowboys, and it's I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to put lipstick on this pig. And so, you know, it's a pig. All right, that's all I can tell you. It's a pig. <laughs> that's what that's that's what this situation is. This this offseason has been uh, an oink oink pig for the Cowboys. Um, and um, I, I like. I mean, we were talking right before we started streaming. I tweeted out their offensive additions and losses, and people are upset about this. And so um, you're not upset with me. You're upset with the Cowboys. I don't know what Mike McCarthy does at this point. I, I mean, if you believe he has a, a pie of responsibility to, to stick uh, with Stephen Jones jargon, I mean, he's he's just handing away more slices. I mean, because it's uh, Kellen Moore handles the offense. Dan Quinn handles the defense. Okay, Mike, so you seemingly have, you know, some sort of supervision o- over each side of the ball. Did you just delegate that away too? Like what, you know, what, 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 I mean, I really don't know. But what I will say that I think is important, um, Mike McCarthy worked for the late Marty Schottenheimer uh, during his time in Kansas City in the early 90s. Marty, of course, uh, the father of Brian Schottenheimer. And, um, you know, look, we see this a lot in the NFL, a lot of, I don't want to say favors, but it's a it's a who you know business. And Marty Schottenheimer gave Mike McCarthy his first job in the NFL. And he's actually told a story before about how that job wasn't open when McCarthy interviewed for it. So a uh, debt of gratitude there. I don't know if that's a, a motivation here, but yeah, tough to, um, tough to get pumped about this considering, I don't know, like all of Brian Schottenheimer's career. But, you know, hey, just facts or whatever. I've never seen a problem and thought Brian Schottenheimer can fix it. So anyway, that was just a weird aside. But I I tried to tell you when the dude was hired, RJ, that he's a potato as a head coach. And you kept telling me it was going to be different. And I was wrong. And I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm not being fair to Mike McCarthy because he's got a plan. You weren't you know? at first. There's been a regression. And I think that's the fair way to say it. And I'm okay that you are not willing to be fair. Those are all the facts. Right. I, this is exactly as I called it. That's where the Cowboys are. All right. So, today's show, The Agenda. Crazy player movement in the NFL. Nine Pro Bowl players have been traded in the last month, not counting free agency. So, we have seen a lot of changes across the NFL landscape. And your idea, as you said, was to talk about which players, which teams have been affected most by all of this crazy movement that we have seen since it was your idea, RJ. I give you the floor first. Where would you like to go? Well, I want to say I've walked my dog twice since you and I decided we were going to do this. I've had a lot of time to think about this. And I started off, okay, teams. And then I said, no, I want to do like actual players. And I thought, no, I want to do pairs of people like coaches and quarterbacks. And I want to do teams. I'm with, I've gone all over the place. I have some that have been positively impacted and some that have been negatively impacted. So I think the most positive one is the one I want to start with. I actually wrote something um, kind of about this uh, for blockingtheboys.com. Should be out uh, maybe sometime on Thursday. Um, the title of the article, if you care, stats, is that uh, as it loads behind you in my, uh, my computer here, uh, that the Cowboys have benefited or have arguably benefited the most from all and among all NFC contenders from all of the AFC's movement. And the reason for that is these are the Cowboys opponents this coming season that are not their divisional ones. Granted, the Cowboys have a huge advantage in that sense. Um, at home, they play Tampa Bay, who's loaded up. Chicago, who traded away Khalil Mack and obviously lost Allen Robinson. The Lions, who are, you know, whatever. The Bengals, who have fortified their offensive line. The Texans, who traded away Deshaun Watson. The Indianapolis Colts, who woo, traded for Matt Ryan. I'm so scared. Uh, on the road, the Cowboys. <laughs> 
Cowboys will face the Rams, who did lose Von Miller and in all likelihood will lose Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, The Green Bay Packers, who lost Devontae Adams. The Minnesota Vikings, who did add Zedarius Smith. Uh, The Tennessee Titans, who added Robert Woods. Whoa, oh my gosh, I'm super nervous here. And the Jaguars, who spent uh, all of the money literally on earth. Now, while you might think that that is who I am going with here, the answer is actually the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Holy crap, life is peachy for the Bucks among all NFC contenders and that's including all four division winners from last year and your San Francisco 49ers there will be another team that rises to the top but right now it's a little bit too hard to predict maybe the Vikings maybe the Cardinals who knows um, but th- this is these are the Bucks opponents okay so that's at home they get the Rams okay a little bit tough the Seahawks without Russell Wilson the Packers without Devontae Adams the Bengals tough as mentioned the Ravens who have loaded up they do have to play the Chiefs at home but granted the Chiefs did just trade away Tyreek Hill on the road they will visit your boy Mitchell Trubisky and the Pittsburgh Steelers they are the only NFC contender who does have to play Deshaun Watson's Cleveland Browns they will visit the Dallas Cowboys and your San Francisco 49ers who have not traded away Jimmy Garoppolo at this point in time the Arizona Cardinals are a road team for them who they as who have also not really done much and then unlike any other NFC contender they get six games against the NFC South who the best team <laughs> in had their head coach retire this offseason the other two Tom Brady returns Sean Payton's retired the Falcons collapse all over themselves 28 to 3 style and trade away Matt Ryan and I still don't think we're bagging on the Panthers enough the the Panthers have gotten completely and totally ghosted by every even Baker Mayfield who's like not even a franchise quarterback (laughs) doesn't want to go be their franchise quarterback so I think that the Bucks have benefited so greatly from all of the movement that has happened around here. Again, one of their toughest games, you know, that you could draw up was the Chiefs. And that game just got even easier with Tyreek Hill being traded away. I think that's a great point by you. Tom Brady's going to sleepwalk to a division title. He is sleepwalking his way into the playoffs. And I think Brady looks at it like, shoot, man, once we get into the dance, like I can... I can win four games. Like we're, I, we're okay. I thought it was. Know? I thought it was insane that he retired when Sean Payton or when Sean Payton had retired. I was like, dude, you like you're, this division's a cakewalk for you. Like all you gotta do is like you said. You, you just said get in the dance, and he was going to. And it's like it got even easier. <laughs> it's just it's amazing people. And on top of that, they they brought back obviously Chris Godwin got a long term deal. Carlton Davis got a long term deal. Gronk's I mean, coming back. Gronk's probably coming back. I mean, like everything is coming up Tampa Bay. Great time uh, to be a fan of the Bucks. Totally agree with you. It made absolutely all the sense in the world for Brady to give it at least one more run. Like, why not? I bet, honestly, like, I bet you for some of those division games, Brady could just sit out after halftime. Make it the Kyle Trask show. They're going to be winning by so many points. I mean, and again, like, you know, um, of their non-divisional home games okay so obviously they get their division rivals the, the rams and packers would be tough right but the packers have traded away Devontae adams right like so that's you know a lot easier the seahawks is are their only other uh nfc team that they play at home that aren't a division rival the rams or the packers and the seahawks just traded away russell wilson like everything has come up so great for them um which is important um and, and I just I really, really think they benefited from that. They, they have avoided the AFC West, which is not the case for the NFC West, unfortunately, stats. Yeah, sadly, everyone that left the NFC West went to the AFC West, which means my 49ers still have to play them next year. Uh, I'm going to actually go to the AFC if I could, RJ. I'm going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, their division got exponentially harder. You've got Russ obviously going to Denver. DJ Jones also going to Denver. I think that's an underrated move for them. They're going to be 
way better. And that was kind of like their, I don't want to call it their easy game in the division, but like a breather for them. It was like, okay, Patrick Mahomes is so much better than anybody that Denver is carting out there at quarterback. We got this one. We don't have to play our best, but we got it. They've now, never lost to them. Never lost to the Broncos with Patrick Mahomes. Those are two. Those are two very difficult games. The Raiders always played the Chiefs tough, and now they've added, you know, Devontae Adams, and they've added Chandler Jones. That's going to be extremely hard for the Chiefs. The Chargers have the second-best quarterback in the division, you could argue, and they added J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. So right there, you've got 35% of the Chiefs' schedule that are significant kind of coin flip type games. Plus they play the bear, uh, the bills, excuse me, who've added Von Miller. Plus they play the Colts who've added Matt Ryan, who I think at the Mm. minimum will be better than Carson Wentz. That's a low bar. I think they will be better. They have to play the NFC West. They have to play the Bengals who have loaded up on their biggest weakness, which was the offensive line. And they have to play Tampa Bay who, as you just mentioned, brings back Tom Brady. So it's, I don't want to say the Chiefs aren't going to make the playoffs, but the idea that the Chiefs are just going to coast to contention every year because they have Patrick Mahomes is absolutely crazy, and it's gotten significantly harder this season. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, on uh, this week's episode of NFL University, which people can listen to here on the SB Nation NFL show, Steven Serta um, of Arrowhead Pride actually said you can make an argument that the Chiefs have the worst roster in the AFC West. And I remember, I think it was, um, I joked about this on Monday Football Monday, but I think it was during the Devontae Adams trade. Steven tweeted out, um, this is all because of Patrick Mahomes. I think that's I, I, that's one of those things that we talk about, like we don't have to make up things to give Patrick Mahomes credit for. Um, but to a degree, I could see how that's true, right? Like they're getting, re- they've been really good. So people want to be really good, whatever. Um, and in that vein, I kind of isolated my Bucks point to Tom Brady. I would kind of like to isolate the Chiefs point to Patrick Mahomes and to Andy Reid. I think that their future legacies are the most impacted by this because they had this kind of, I don't want to say like cupcake, you know, division, but it was a sort of walkover division. I mean, they, they play in a division that just last year had to see a head coach resign. You know what I mean? Like, like there were all these like inherent advantages. The Broncos have have stumbled and stumbled and stumbled, and the Chargers keep shooting themselves in the foot. Like the Chiefs, people, I I, I think that people love to talk about like the the Brady Patriots and the AFC East. Like, there's so many other teams who have easy divisions that don't take the same sort of advantage of it, and the Chiefs have had that, and even the Broncos had that. Like the AFC West has been Broncos Chiefs for the last like 12, 13 years. Anyway, um, 
I think it, there was all this speculation that Andy Reid was going to retire right after they won the Super Bowl. Sorry, when, when your team lost it. And I think if he had, I think he's regarded totally differently. Like, I, I think he's, I don't want to say he's like damaged his, his legacy. He's a Hall of Famer and, and all that, the normal stuff. But like, he would be like untouchable. He would, he would be like firmly on top of Mount Pius. But by coming back, you kind of like, you, you put some smudges on the trophy. You know what I'm saying? And so now people are like, well, you know, you lost the next one. You couldn't get back. You collapsed against the, the Bengals. Like now the same sort of chatter that was pre-Super Bowl is starting to circle Andy Reid, like the clock management issues. Why are you doing these weird things, et cetera? And now you trade away Tyreek Hill. Now you look really weak and everybody else is really strong. Like it's only going to fortify those sort of conclusions, if that makes sense. Mm, I'm not with you on that one. Nobody's well, legacy. You're wrong. Is, it's dumb, and I hate no, you. Nobody's legacy is weakened by another Super Bowl appearance. I don't. Even if you don't win, like you can't, you can't bang on him because he made another Super Bowl. I know that's your your go to. Wow, you bang on Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he made a Super Bowl. Wow, the hypocrisy. Uh, it's completely different. You can't <laughs> say a head coach is along for the ride like Jimmy Garoppolo was. All right, so I said Kansas City. Next. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I, again, want to isolate it to one specific player, but the team is the New York Jets, and the player is Zach Wilson. The leash already super short on Zach Wilson. I don't know why the leash isn't short on Robert Sala. I included him on coaches that could be on the hot seat when we did our list, and you were like, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous, and it wasn't, all right? The Jets look bad, all right? The Jets look bad that Tyreek Hill chose the Dolphins over them, okay? Same old, like, that 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 only fortifies the reputation of the Jets. Nobody wants to go there. You're a disaster. You can't get it done, whatever. They have to go through the Bills. The Patriots are not going to be a disaster anymore. The Dolphins have not gotten so much better. Like, you have the, the like, the juice around the Robert Sala hire and the Zach Wilson drafting and you're the like new team in the division on the up and come is completely faded. Like, like they are completely fading back into obscurity and, and fine. They had, they signed a tight end and faded. It's like, who cares? You know, the jets are not regressing, but they're staying in the exact same place, which is not a good thing for them. And everyone in the division around them is improving. Those are six games that for them are very difficult. We talk about like divisional games, like for the Cowboys, that those are six really easy games, right? For the Bucks, those are six really easy games. Those six games are so necessary for the Jets to win. If they want to even maybe potentially kind of be in the playoff picture in the conference that is way more like top heavy. So I think the Jets are really looking at, I, I'm ready to say right now that Jets finish as a bottom three team in the AFC. It's hard to dispute that. The Tyree Kill thing would have been such a boost for them. You would have been able to to point to that as like, okay, we've got Zach Wilson, a legit weapon now. Maybe somebody that can bail him out. Like you could throw a, a seven yard slant to Tyreek who can take it 80 yards for a touchdown. And all of a sudden Zach Wilson's line is looking pretty good. You know, like that's a legitimate building block there for the Jets. And now you look at their offense and you're kind of like, well, it's Zach Wilson and um, Michael Thomas, yeah, and, and, like, or Michael Carter, really? excuse me, and Elijah Moore. That's it. Right. I mean, like, and you, you have to promise, like convince yourself. That's the thing. Yeah. You kind of have to look at it with, with green colored glasses, so to speak. So it's, I hate to say it because I, I kind of like, would like you to want see Robert Sala to be good. Just admit it. Just admit it. I would like homer. to see Robert Sala have success. Uh, one of my really, really good friends is a diehard Jets fan. So I, you know, I kind of want them to do well just to sort of, give him something, some sort of joy when it comes to football season. But you're right. I mean, I think the Patriots are going to be better because I just think Mac Jones is going to naturally get a little bit better. The Bills are really good and they've improved this offseason as well. So it's just like, wh where are you if you're the Jets? You're nowhere. I mean, and that's that's a tough spot to be. And it, I mean, that's when you are close to a player like that and you don't get him, like 
the Jets are on paper not worse than they were 24 hours ago, right? Like at the time of our recording, but it feels worse if you're a Jets fan, right? Because you you like had, you know, what, what is the expression? A bird in hand is better than two in the bush or whatever. Um, like you didn't have it in hand, but you thought you did. You know what I'm saying? And so now you're like, I don't have a bird. I don't have a bush. Like I don't have anything. You know what I mean? Like everything is terrible. And I really think that the Jets, like I don't think it's implausible that they could be back in the quarterback sweepstakes. Like, and it's so interesting, like when divisions are like aligned like this we talked about this last week with the Deshaun Watson stuff but like the Jets and Dolphins have this weird kind of tie like you know like there's the Chad Pennington common denominator the Jason Taylor common denominator and so now it's not only did you not get him but now you have to play him twice like the first time Tyreek has like a 64 yard touchdown in at I was gonna say the mighty MetLife Stadium I don't know why that is gonna hurt so badly if you're a Jets fan and it would have been something like hey Tyreek Hill chose us, right? Oh, like, dude, and, and he we chose would, the Jets. That's that's something that you know sticks out to other people around the league too. Not not to like interrupt you, but like we would be seeing the same sort of graphics. Like, do the Jets have the best wide receiver duo in the NFL with Tyreek Hill and Elijah Moore? You know, like that wouldn't be true. But like those are the conversations <laughs> and the type of juice. It's like when when Julio uh, was traded to the Titans. It was like, well, they have Julio Jones and AJ Brown and blah blah. And you rightfully, you know, were all over that. I mean, it would be that kind of buzz. And, like, there has been no buzz around the Jets in forever. Yeah, it's pretty sad that uh, that's franchise. Like, I don't like it when teams are down forever, unless it's the Seahawks, and then I'm here for it. But other than that, come on, Jets. Do something. All right. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to go next on my list? Oh, I want to go to the AFC North because you said something that maybe I'm losing it here. You said the Ravens are loading up. I'm looking at the Ravens in the complete opposite direction. I'm looking at them like the Browns are obviously better with Deshaun and Amari Cooper. The Steelers always play the Ravens tough, and I don't think Mitch Trubisky is anything special, but I think he can be better than the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger last year. And Cincinnati, we just talked about, have boosted their offensive line, and they murdered the Ravens twice last year, put up 40 points on them in both games, Meanwhile, what has Baltimore done? The most notable thing about their offseason is that they missed out on Zatarius Smith. So what a big shocker that one half of the odd cast is hating all over the Ravens. I would like all of Ravens flock to know that I am here for you. All right. I am your ambassador on the SB Nation NFL show. I proudly wear our colors. Um, look, they signed Morgan Moses gives them another tackle. They sign Michael Pierce and they sign Marcus Williams. And some of that is like, I think we do tend to look at things through the prism of our own like teams fan base. And I'm, I'm like, I'm just like how we sign a safety. Like I've been, I've been screaming this for like 20 years, sign a safety. So it's like the Ravens sign a safety. And I'm like, what an elite team. You know what I mean? Like, so I will admit that that is like kind of fogging my vision a little bit on this, but I there's, they're spending like, and it's not foolish spending. And you're right. They miss out on Zedaria Smith. You can't, you know, go without saying that but they are spending and they are being active and you know like we talked about um before we started recording about how you know we stats and i were talking about how some teams just will trust their front office no matter what like despite like no results forever and ever and ever and ever this front office absolutely deserves the benefit of the doubt right like we we completely totally agree that the baltimore ravens front office does like we know that they will draft well we know i think also that something that should be said and i don't like this spin but some people will say like well they're basically getting free agent additions by way of all the people who were hurt last year like jk dobbins didn't play at all last year remember they had like 40 million people on ir at one point in time so like their team is going to look dramatically different than what it did 
you know, near the end of the season. And you're right. They did get smoked by the Bengals, but they were a shell of, of who they at least intended to be. And the NFL is a battle of attrition, and that is the same and totally true for all and every single NFL team. But the Ravens obviously were on one end of the spectrum with that last year. That will regress to the mean to some degree. Will they regress all the way to the exact mean? No, but it will regress towards the mean. So I think they'll benefit from that. I think they have a nice safety in the back. That, that's when, I, and I hate to, again, like, like, you know, isolate a certain point, but that's when Ravens football is at its best. When you, when they have a safety that they can trust, that is when this franchise has its highest level of success. It was Earl Thomas a few years ago when they were the number one seed. Obviously it was Ed Reed for forever. I think that maybe the free agent who we're not, you know, sort of forecasting a big enough jump for is Marcus Williams, because that's a team that can elevate his specific game. When I look at the Ravens, I feel like I've been saying for years since they got Lamar, get this guy some help. Get this guy some offensive weapons. You know, you keep trying to lump me into the anti-Lamar group. I've been on Lamar's side saying you've got to get him a number one bona fide stud target. Why are we still saying this with Baltimore? Sammy Watkins, I'm sorry that he doesn't qualify. Like, no, that is not good enough. Look at their schedule, man. Obviously, the division games, they got to play Buffalo, the Dolphins now with Tyreek Hill, the Broncos with Russ, the Bucks with Brady. I think the Ravens have been impacted big time with all this. And when they're trying to, you know, work out a possible future with Lamar long term and the contract and everything, what are we saying about the Dolphins, right? Oh, now we know. Now we can evaluate Tua. Look at all the targets here. Now we'll find out about Tua. Well, Let's give Lamar the same privilege here. Let's give him the same opportunity. All these people have been traded. Florio had a report uh, just this morning that literally every team was called about Tyreek Hill. Now, maybe the Ravens tried to get involved. I don't know. But, like, do something, Baltimore. Do something. I agree. I mean, I would love to see more. I mean, and I do think, you know, I I don't think it's been talked about enough. I mean, it's been a day. But if you're a Raiders fan, there's there's – logic to the idea there's validity rather to the idea that they overpaid for Devontae Adams not just in draft capital but in actual price right like that's a lot of money to pay a wide receiver but if you're a Raiders fan because you're a homer because you're a fan of a team you've talked yourself into it. it's totally worth it. it's gonna be awesome he's gonna unlock Derek Carr they were college buddies whatever everything's gonna be perfect okay but the like added bonus is it sort of was like the final nail in the coffin of Tyreek Hill's negotiations with the Chiefs right like doesn't doesn't that make the move better right if you're a Raiders fan it helps, I'll say right? I'll like, because it, it it helps you again, like rationalize the deal because you're saying if not for this deal, maybe you know this this deal doesn't exist to give Tyreek Hill a benchmark, right? And it's you know so th- that motivates Tyreek Hill. You know what? Screw this. I want a new team. I want all the you know pomp and circumstance, whatever. And I think if you're a Browns fan, and I'm I'm in no way saying that a Browns fan should feel good about the way their team is currently positioned or structured, but the Deshaun Watson contract, at least from a variable standpoint, now exists with Lamar Jackson and those negotiations. I mean, say what you will, debate how much you want. I'm not going to do that right here. I don't think anybody should waste their time because it is a waste of time. But Lamar Jackson has a new number, right? Like to, to present, his mom does, his his representation, right? Like that's a new number. That, that's a new thing that the Ravens have to beat. And that that's that's the way this game goes. That's the way the market works. I mean, that's that's life. When you have to pay an NFL quarterback, you can sit and you can moan and you can groan about how this other quarterback has done more, this other quarterback has won more, this other quarterback has this accolade, this championship, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a supply and demand business. And you have to beat the market rate. And the market has been set in a completely new way with the fully guaranteed value of, of Deshaun Watson's contract.
that's the thing. It's not just the number. It's the fact that it's fully guaranteed. Good luck trying to sign your quarterback to a non-fully guaranteed contract right now. Uh, I think that the Haslam's are going to face a little blowback during the league meetings from the other owners who are going to be saying, what the hell? Now I got to put all this money in escrow because you've guaranteed all this money. Thanks a lot, you jerk. But I, I like your point about the Devontae Adams contract because if you were talking to Raiders fans and you were saying, hey, you can get Devontae Adams for $20 million, but if you're willing to give him an extra $5 million a year, I can also take Tyreek Hill out of the yep. division. They'd be like, oh, hell yeah, right? Yep. Like, sure, no, give him the it's, money. It's a great move in that sense. Um, okay, moving on. I have another team who has another quarterback who is in need of a new deal and is very vocal about that need. Do you want to guess? No, just tell me. The Arizona Cardinals have been extremely impacted by this season. These are the Cardinals' home opponents this year, excluding their division rivals, who you're obviously well aware of. And you know a lot of this, again, because of the NFC West connection. The Kansas City Chiefs, yikes, even without Terry Hill. The Los Angeles Chargers, yikes. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yikes. The New Orleans Saints, yikes, because of Jameis Winston. The Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles, who still have three first-round draft picks. We still don't know. They're kind of the team lurking in the shadows a little bit here. Howie Roseman. The New England Patriots, yikes. Those are their home opponents outside of their division rivals who happen to feature the Rams and the 49ers. Like, the Seahawks, who play them well. Uh, Granted, they did beat them last year without Kyler Murray. That, that's the, maybe their easiest home game. Like, that's never a good thing when your easiest home game is a division rival unless you are in the NFC East. Their road games that, again, are not a part of their division. The Falcons, huge W there because of no Matt Ryan, no Calvin Ridley. Falcons are the new doormat of the NFL. The Panthers, actually, that's the new doormat of the NFL, but kind of <laughs> old as well. The Raiders, the Broncos, the Vikings, who are not a pushover. We are nope. the official show of Kirk Cousins. And then, of course, their division rivals. So if you, the, the Cardinals are already on thin ice right like and i don't know like who is on the ice i think they're all on the ice like it's just like a a wide sort of surface area of people on the ice i think kyler's on the ice i think cliff's on the ice i know the, the extensions and all this stuff that means nothing to me it's just money michael bidwell um you know steve kime like everybody is on the ice and every like there's going to be a natural level of regression no matter what for the cardinals because of what they did we actually saw that start to happen at the end of the season when you factor in the as my buddy stats loves to say the meat grinder that they have to go through this coming season dude i don't like i don't know if i can come up with seven wins here for them i really don't know and like that will create the chaos i think that will accelerate kyler murray to the forefront of next year's next offseason's quarterback frenzy he will be the the russell wilson of 2023 moving around let me just say it's never good to be on the ice in arizona uh I don't nice. think Cliff, Cliff and Kime are on the ice because, like you said, they just got new deals. I think this thing with Kyler, look, you they can say whatever they want. I know Kyler's, you know, putting the Cardinal stuff back in his social media until that contract is signed. And honestly, even after it's signed, we've seen Dude, sorry, not, again, not to interrupt, but like um, be, beyond everything I said, they they also have the Deshaun Watson, you know, variable to you know to overcome now the fully guaranteed contract. Like so, they have everything working against them right now. It's there's bad juju there in Arizona with Kyler. I I think it's clear. I would not be stunned at all if even if Kyler signs a deal where we get through this season, if the Cardinals struggle, which you just pointed out a very realistic scenario for that to occur, if they struggle and he's like, that's it, I want out. And then boom, here we are where Kyler's now on the market. So I agree. It's not good if you are the Cardinals. I, I feel like they have not done enough. Like, I've been screaming about this because of my, you know, affiliation with the 49ers. When you have a quarterback on a rookie deal 
I'll you have to in. act with such urgency. Do you watch the show Peaky Blinders? I don't. Uh, my wife did, but I don't. Great show on Netflix with Peaky Blinders. It's about a crime family, and they're amassing this this empire. Wow, and you're the, right. No, no one's ever heard of this stats. Thank you for explaining. The leader of this family. Have you ever heard of Seinfeld? Can I? <laughs> the leader of this family says, "All right, we're going to expand our territory. We're going to take over two more two more spots, and we're going to have more territory." And somebody says, "Why?" And he says, "Why? Because we can. And if we." can we do that's the attitude you have to have when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract and to be honest that's kind of the attitude we've seen a lot of teams act with this offseason like the chargers hey we have joey bosa can we get khalil mack yep good we do brim bring him on board oh we got derwin james asante samuel jr can we get jc jackson yes bring him in like if you can you have to do that and the cardinals and the 49ers are just sitting on their hands hoping that what they have is good enough. I agree with you completely. I don't like the idea of throwing roses at the Chargers. I don't think they're the team that deserves um, really anything right now. But I think well, the yeah. Rams, they're, we know why. I mean, like, again, people bag on, I, I'm, I'm no way defending the Colts or Carson Wentz, but people bag on them. Oh, they lost to the Raiders and the Jaguars and, like, blew their playoff chance. The Chargers lost to the Raiders as well. And they lost to the Texans. All right. Like nobody has bagged on them for that at all. Instead, all we've done is sit here and and crown Justin Herbert, who is amazing, but completely and totally choked in just about identical circumstances. So uh, that's well, my soapbox. What? Losing to the Raiders. The Raiders are a playoff team. That's not the worst thing. And the Texans. We bag on the Colts for that. The Colts lost to the Raiders with a 97% chance win probability of making the playoffs. They lost and to the Raiders and the Jaguars. The Jags, dude. The, the, dude, the, the Chargers lost to the Texans, who were not a real NFL team last year. At the very least, the very least, two things. The Jaguars are division rivals for the Colts and had historically had their number, so there was like a historic level of success for that, and they had Trevor Lawrence, like a seemingly very talented player. What did the Texans have going for them at that point in time to beat the Chargers, who everyone's like the best team in the NFL? Nah, dude, the Chargers are a paper tiger. Get out of here with this business. Anyway. Davis Mills had a better year than Trevor Lawrence. Of course he did. That doesn't mean he's a better player. Anyway, the team that we should be saying this is the shining example of understanding going all in is the Rams. Granted, they have done that in several different ways. They did it with the quarterback on the rookie contract, the way you're talking about, and they've done it in other ways. Like the Rams are like, we don't have to have a quarterback on a rookie. Like everyone thinks you have to have a quarterback on a rookie contract to be able to do all this and go all in and, and Peaky Blinders it up. No, you can live in Peaky Blinderdom no matter what the circumstances are. So the Rams are the true bright shining example of that, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, the Rams have they've lost a lot of pieces this year though, RJ. Von Miller's gone from the Rams. They signed Allen Robinson. Okay. That's, that's at a, best of that's staying the same. Robert Woods is just as good as Allen Robinson. And I know obviously Robert Woods is no longer there. They lost Andrew Whitworth, obviously, because he retired. Oh, yeah, but they, they didn't, they didn't lose. Comes. And like, I don't think that's a fair one to say they lost. He retired. Like what? Yeah, that's not their fault. He's not I mean, on the team. They're, but they're that's not the, that's not like a you could argue they lost Robert Woods because they wanted to dump that salary because they needed the salary cap space because they're so all in. They did not lose Andrew Whitworth for those reasons. They lost yeah, him because he retired. It's a different the point thing. is they're worse. The, at that spot than they I were know, last but year. All, all I'm saying is that's not a con in the like going all in disposition. All That's my only point with that. But you're right. They are worse at that particular spot. I think um, you can make the argument right now the Rams are worse than they were last year. Sure. But if there's a team I trust to like think their way out of it, it's them. 
Right. And that's that's totally totally legitimately fair. But I just think that the, that's the attitude now in the NFL. If you can do, and we've seen it. I mean, this offseason is the perfect example of it. In that sense, and I have another team I want to get to, but and I, I know a lot of their fans have been critical of this. I don't know how the Patriots are not more all in right now when they have Mac Jones on the rookie contract. Like, I, I know you're frustrated about it from a 49ers perspective. Like, the only team coming off the class of 2021 that we've seen sort of exemplify this disposition is the Jaguars. And, like, granted, they kind of had to. But the 49ers haven't done it with Trey Lance and the Patriots haven't done it with Mac Jones. I mean, even the Texans have kind of been a little bit more involved around, you know, like Davis Mills. And, again, that's not the same thing. But, I, I mean, if you're the, the – like, you can make an argument – it wouldn't be a good one, but that the Patriots have the best quarterback from the class of 2021 right now, right? Like you right can make now that argument, right? Yeah. So you can you can very much make that argument. So then why are you not going more all in? And maybe that you view their all in as like last year's free agency, and maybe they were burned by that. It didn't go well, whatever. But um, yeah, Patriots get off the couch. Do you want to hear my next team? Yes. It's been very negative around here. Get, I want to let's can you know for the the visual audience. Can you shake it off, stats? I need you to shake it off. Let's get some of the, these bad vibes out of here. Come on, give me give me some shaking off. You monster. Anyway, everybody needs to know stats hates fun. Um, I think a team, and I, I mean, we don't talk about them a lot. And so I, I actually kind of feel for them in that sense. Um, and I don't mean like they have done anything really significant. Okay. But I do think that they have assembled arguably the best coaching staff of this year's class. All due respect to your boy, Mike McDaniel, the New York Giants. Okay. The New York Giants are in a spot where they're the top team in their division in the Dallas Cowboys have only gotten worse right now, right? From, from a roster standpoint. So, okay, Agreed. Your, your top threat has been weakened. The only other real threat in your division, the Eagles haven't really done much. They haven't really been weakened. Yes, they added Hassan Reddick, but they, they haven't done much. Yes, they have the three first-round draft picks. We'll see how that plays itself out. But you have two. Like, you're the closest team to be able to kind of go, you know, shot for shot with them in that sense. Carson Wentz is back. Big boost for the entire NFC East that, that is in Washington. Okay. <laughs> The, if you're the New York Giants, you finally have a competent head coach and a competent general manager. What's more is you have a competent head coach in Brian Dable, who I said this on the NFC's mixtape this week, uh, BLG and I, we went through the teams and said, who has a top five player at their position? Um, you know, for example, like Micah Parsons is the top five player, at, you know, wherever you want to play him, whatever. Um, and then we talked about who has the largest chance of kind of making that leap. And we, this was relative to the NFC only. And I said, I would not be, it's not impossible for Daniel Jones to make that leap. Like, like if you consider Brian Dable as, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's, it's likely, but Brian, Brian Dable took Josh Allen, who the whole draft community hated. Everybody thought this is stupid. This is awful. He's so raw. This is never going to work. Never going to work. Never going to work. And Brian Dable did it. And so if, if there's a dude out there, like there, we, we can all agree, there is something to Daniel Jones's level of athleticism. Like there's something to be molded there. And so it's, it's possible. And in an NFC East, like you get six games against these teams and the NFC East gets to play the AFC South this year, which the, the only real intimidating game was against the Texans who have traded away Deshaun Watson. Like I think the Giants have kind of benefited greatly from that. The, the Giants also, the entire NFC East plays the AFC, or excuse me, NFC North this year. So they, they have to play the Packers, who lost Devontae Adams, the Vikings, who, you know, that's tough, whatever, the Bears. So, like, again, the NFC East is really in a great spot. The Lions, and then there are other two games within the conference. The Giants have to play the Carolina Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks, who are terrible. And then they have to play the Ravens, who you just crapped on. I think, like, <laughs> you know, it's like – in terms of they haven't really made any big free agency moves and they brought back Sterling Shepard fine whatever but like everything around them the, the the ceiling around them has lowered and that is a good thing for the Giants I would not be stunned if they win the NFC East this year 
I am not willing to say that Brian Dable is a competent head coach. We have no evidence to support that whatsoever. And we do this all the time with good he coordinators. Has, he has a, a legit pedigree, though. Like, he, he, he comes in way more legitimate than Joe Judge did, right? Like, that's... Yeah. So the bar is low there. I will fully give you that. This is... this is a, they're, they're moving in the right direction, at least. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I got to see it. Because we do this all the time where we think, oh, really good coordinator. He's going to be a competent head coach. And then it's just flat out not the case. It's a different job. And the Daniel Jones thing, Brian Dable better be a wizard. Daniel Jones has a combined 65 interceptions and fumbles in a career 38 games. He has 36 fumbles in 38 games, RJ. He can't hang on to the damn ball. How's Brian Dable going to fix that? I mean, I don't have an answer for you. But again, if if you had to pick one person, like like one, you know, and like if you're picking one person, maybe, you know, that's a different, that's a stupid game. I regret saying that. But like, is Brian Dable not among the group of people who you would pick to save Daniel Jones? Like, what, however many people are in this box, Brian Dable's in that box, right? And so, I I mean, like they could. Th- this is the. The situation around them lends itself with the fact that it's the NFC East. They play the AFC South. They also get to play the NFC North that has been... I don't know that you can... I I think if you look at the divisions, I think the NFC North has arguably been more weakened, or generally speaking, than even the NFC West. I mean, because I I don't really believe in Russell all too much right now. Like, I think Devontae is a much better player right now at his respective position than than Russell Wilson is. And so other than Russ, like, what has the NFC West lost? Like, Vaughn, Vaughn was barely there. Like, Vaughn had a cup of coffee in the NFC West. You know what I mean? And so, like, I really think that the fact that the Giants get to play the NFC East, the NFC North, the AFC South, the Panthers, the Seahawks, like, dude, there there are ten wins there. Like, it's it's not inconceivable. Like, tell tell me that any of this is impossible. They could sweep Washington. Right? Yeah. Okay. So they say they say they split with Dallas and Philly, right? We're at four wins there. They'll That's generous. They, okay. Still though, it's possible. Say they say they okay, we'll give them three wins in the division, right? They'll beat Detroit, they'll beat Chicago. That's five, right? Okay. Will they though? Yes. They'll beat Carolina. That's six. They'll beat Seattle. That's seven. They'll beat you know, Houston. That's eight. I mean, they'll beat I don't agree with any of that. Well, you're wrong and dumb and ugly How, again. When it, you're just handing wins to the Giants, literally every game they're in is a coin flip because their quarterback self-destructs. I'm intrigued. I really am. I think that, again, they have benefited by doing nothing. <laughs> like th- That's kind of the <laughs> NFC East right now. Like The NFC East is in such this position where they get to play each other. And they, they get to play the AFC South and the NFC North. Like Just almost every single game, on, on an NFC East team schedule has gotten easier, except for the Commanders because they got Carson once. So uh, and yeah. the command so the the seventeenth game this year for the NFC East comes from the AFC North. So Washington had has to draw Cleveland. Um, so they they're the only team that has to play Deshaun Watson's and Amari Cooper now. Yeah, you know what? I could see I could see the schedule makers weaving their magic to put that game in the beginning of Cleveland's schedule. So when Deshaun Watson is suspended, he'll miss that game. Mm. You mark my words, RJ. Deshaun Watson will not miss a single primetime game. I guarantee you his oh, suspension will be over before the Browns ever play in primetime. Yeah. And I would say he will miss less than a third of divisional games, which would mean no more than one. Yeah, he's going to miss six games and they'll find it. They'll find there will, a way. There will be one divisional game against in that stretch. And it'll be it will probably be the Bengals. 
You know what I mean? They won't. They won't have. They won't lose out on the Steelers. Actually, it'll probably be the Steelers because they'll they'll want that the Watson Burrow matchup. You know, twice. Yeah, sickening all around. I feel. Oh, by the way, uh, we mentioned Deshaun Watson. So I uh, just want to point out one more time: there are twenty-two civil cases against him for sexual assault. Every time Deshaun Watson's name get mentioned, that needs to get mentioned as well. So I've mentioned. Also, uh, the Athletic had some good reporting on that this week. I know this hasn't been the subject of our discussion, but that um, that the the Browns you know, group that met with him only discussed this topic for 30 minutes, which is pretty gross when you, I mean, it's, it's, it was already pretty gross. Um, so basically just, like one minute per civil suit brace, pretty that much. That was oh, what a lot of the quote tweets uh, were saying. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you have any other teams to add to the fold here? I do not. That's going to do I, it for my list. I have one more and I think this is going to make us happy. I think this is the right note to end on. Okay. Do you want to guess based off that clue? The 49ers, the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh. Okay. I mean, think about it. They're like Devontae Adams, Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson, all gone. That's pretty nice. <laughs> that's, that's, and they get to play the NFC East, as mentioned. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like depending on – I've said, like, four different things, and if one of them hits, like, one team is going to be really good this year. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the Vikings – we've already seen the Vikings play the Packers tough in the past, right? Like, it just got even easier. You know, they, they, they should sweep Chicago and Detroit, right? Like, I don't think that's overly generous to say. I mean, if they win five games within the division, I mean, dude, it'd be pretty cool. You know, that's all I'm saying. I think, yeah, the arrow is pointing up in Minnesota in a way that it hasn't been in a little while, for sure. And, and if Aaron Rodgers misses any time this year at all, like, what is left on the Packers? I, I'm stunned at what has occurred for the Packers this year. I think Aaron Rodgers spent all this time thinking about, oh, he is he going to come back? Is he going to play? And then supposedly he knew about the Devontae Adams situation and still decided to come back. Why? What? Because Randall Cobb is there? All right, dude. Um, Yeah, well, we'll see. Shout out to the things I said, not shout out to the things you said. Mm. And um, yeah, happy Thursday. When you cut me, do I not bleed? I don't know. I really, really don't know. Do you have a fun fact you want to share with the world? Fun fact I want to share with the world. No. Actually, I, instead of that, do you want to tell everybody that you were wrong to make fun of my suggestion of McMillions and that you watched it and you loved it? I did watch it. It was absolutely fantastic. I have to say it was very, very enjoyable. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's about the Monopoly McDonald's game and the massive, massive crime that took place with that. So you should go check it out. And since you shared, I will share as I have told you. If you want just a fun, enjoyable show, oh. check out Upload on Amazon. <laughs> it's an awesome show. Super fun. Definitely funny and worth your time. It's only two seasons right now, uh, but it's quite good. Okay. Get us out of here. Pull the plug. Please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. Again, you leave a review. It's the best thing you can do for us. If you want to support us in any way, shape, form, or fashion, that is how you do it. We will proudly read it on the show, good, bad, or ugly. Also, please don't litter. That too. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody.